Yo, 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 it's your boy Liv Houston on the microphone. Once again, it's on, baby. Yeah, representing Charlotte and surrounding. You know how I do all day, every day. Today's podcast is sponsored to you by Houston Realty Group, of course, where I help people buy and sell throughout the Charlotte area, anywhere from Valentine all the way up to Lake Norman. Please utilize the services and support black-owned business, by the way. Houston Realty Group, I can do what anybody else can do and even better because I know you. We are friends and I will hook you up. Find the latest and greatest ways of being able to buy or sell real estate through Houston Realty Group. My number is 704-763-6556. That's 704-763-6556. Thus, today's podcast is about real estate. Now, before you turn it off, I want people to know something. It's different. So if you own a home or you haven't owned a home or you've owned a home before and you're renting now, the market in Charlotte is crazy bananas. So you need to listen to this. You might not need the information now, but you are at some point going to need this information, whether you decide to rent it again or not rent and want to buy something or if you're looking to sell your home and then want to go buy something. I'm going to give you some quick, great bits of information that you need to know going into it anytime you're deciding to downsize, upsize, rent, whatever. Charlotte is bananas. Charlotte is one of those markets that both the cost of purchasing a home and the cost of renting an apartment, a home, are simultaneously going up. Nothing but up. We have seen up since 2010, 11, 12, around that area. And it happens to be for both. So, for instance, here is a great example. If you were to have uh, rented an apartment in South End two years ago, just two years ago, and we're going to just say it's a standard two-bedroom, one-bathroom apartment in South End, which is where everybody wants to live, by the way. Not everybody, but a lot of people, especially younger people, want to live over there. Guess how much your rent was? On average, you were paying $1,300 a month in rent for a two bedroom, one bath. Just two years later, do you want to know what a two bedroom, one bathroom apartment goes for in South End? Anywhere from on the low end at $1,600 per month to $1,800 a month. So we'll say $1,700 a month. People are paying $1,700 a month to live in about an 800 square foot apartment. It's bananas. But people in the droves are moving here to Charlotte, causing prices to go up. So supply and demand, hey, of course. I'm a capitalist. I understand the gig. But how do people who are natives, who aren't moving here from New York and carrying forth that New York salary down here in Charlotte, how do we make it? If we have been here in Charlotte for any amount of time, And we're seeing that these prices of the rent 
and prices of the homes are going up at a rate far faster than our income. What are we to do? What are we to do with all this? I'm glad you asked because your boy has some answers. Okay, here's the thing. Say, for instance, you are currently renting an apartment and you're looking at, well, they want to go up on the rent again next year by 100 bucks. And you start saying to yourself, man, I'm paying about $1,500 a month right now for a two-bedroom apartment. That's Yes, I love the neighborhood, love the area, but it's $1,500 a month and they want to bring me up closer to $1,600 a month. What do I do? Well, Dr. Lim, the Houston, uh, Mr. Houston Realtor, the doctor is in the house because there are things that you can do. Now, let's first figure out what is your credit score look like? For a lot of people, they don't even know. That's the very first place that you want to start. And you might say, well, you know, I pay everything on time. I don't, I really don't have a whole lot of credit. Now, apartment complexes, This is how the game works. They rent out to hundreds of people. So they are able to take in a certain amount of people that may not have the best credit and rent them an apartment or rent it to them at a higher amount because the risk is higher. Well, so if you have not pulled your credit since however long it took for you to get into the apartment that you're in and who knows what could have happened you know things ebb and flow things show up on your credit and you're like where did this come from so the most important thing is pull your credit first so that you know where your leverage is where where are the cards stacked in your favor and in anything whether it's renting a place or owning you need to know where your credit's at okay so say for instance you find out that your credit score is a 700 well great we can go anywhere with this Okay, so you got a credit score of 700. You're not wanting to pay $1,600 next year. What's the next step for you? Well, how much money do you make? And what, so what's your debt to income? So if your rent is $1,500 a month, and let's say you're not sharing it with anybody, but you bring in gross $4,000 a month, but your net, I mean, your, your, yeah, not net, your gross income is $4,000 a month. You're, and if the only thing that is your debt is your apartment, oh, you're in the clear all day long. But let's say you have a car payment that's also $500 a month. And then let's say you have, and that's it. So you only, all you have is your, your car payment, or maybe even some credit cards, that, but you know you can pay $100 a month and still be in line. So you only have $600 of monthly debt. That is great because as long as your debt is 43% or less, you're cool on buying a home and it just is based off of your income. So if your debt is 43% of your income, well, your debt, your debt to income ratio, and that does include your household debt, can't be more than 43% of what your income is. So excuse me, let me backpedal off of that. So you, you would have to consider whatever your payment would be for your house included in that debt. So let's say, for instance, we're able to find a very great low interest rate on a mortgage and um, you want to buy something in the $250,000 range and say that mortgage payment is going to be $1,000 a month with principal interest, taxes, and insurance. 
that's great because you're you got a thousand plus sixteen hundred. You still have thirty four hundred dollars left over if you're making, or twenty four hundred dollars left over if you're making four thousand dollars a month. Of course, thirty five hundred dollars if you're making five thousand dollars a month. So you're way in the clear of not going close to you know, 43% of your debt to income, including what the household income would be. I mean, household debt would be. So you're good to go. So you already figured that out. My credit's great. My debt to income is fine. I'm ready to go take a look at what it, what home ownership, you know, because I don't want to pay $1,500, $1,600 a month for renting a place that I just don't own. Okay. Well, we go out into the market and there's not a whole lot of homes out there. Oh my God. And that is truly the case right now. In Charlotte, we have a lack of inventory or a lack of sellers, which is driving up the, up the price of the homes. So what you thought you could get you know, at $250,000, maybe you have to now look at bumping it up another $100,000 But you got to see if that can be within that debt to income and say, let's pretend and say it is, but you're really screaming on the top. My suggestion then at this point is look at brand new home bills. Uh, Right now, if you can afford around $300,000 or more in a home, you might as well go brand new home bill because they, that way you can potentially pick out some options for your home. Some of the builders aren't not doing that because they know they have more of the control, but Brand new home builds is a great option for you to be the first one in the home. You can, again, like I said, pick out some of the options in the home. You're determining the area because of where you want to build. So building a home is what my first suggestion is for anybody that's going from a rental to owning because you don't want to own somebody else's crap necessarily. And if you don't have to, if you don't have to, because you, it it, wants once the builder builds the home, then um, typically they have a one-year home warranty on there. You're taking care of it from the very beginning, and that's a great feeling to feel. Now, let's say if you're in a different category where you own a home right now, and you really, really are looking at, man, this house has been great for us, but all our kids have moved out. And now we need to figure out a way to consolidate some bills because we don't have the expenses that we had before. And we're looking at either future retirement in 15 to 25 years or we're facing retirement. Now, you know, we need to look at potentially downsizing. Well, folks, let me tell you this. Sometimes, what does it say? It's better to stick with the the enemy you know than the one you don't know or whatever and not that housing is an enemy but you if you've been in the house for a long period of time you know what you've done to try to keep up the maintenance of it and any home that you own you're going to have to maintain the home so that you know you can prevent major stuff from going wrong because you want to be comfortable well sometimes i've even given the approach of you might want to just renovate your house, say refinance, renovate while these interest rates are so low, renovate your home and just stay, even though the home might be big. And here's why. A lot of times people have paid down the home so much that assuming new debt, even though the interest rates are low, you're, 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 we're, we're in a position right now where you're not getting a whole lot of home 
as not as much home as you used to get per square foot in the, in the value. So I don't know, 10 years ago, you get a 1200 square foot home for like $125,000. The same house right now is costing you about $200,000. Well, if you had a 125 square foot home then, and you've paid it down and you try to get out on the market again, now you're looking to pay more for the same amount and sometimes even less. So you have to look at it all. Look at the landscape all across the board. How much would it cost you for you to renovate the home you're staying in? What are the expenses of operating the home that you're staying in? How long would you plan on being there? And I can tell you for a lot of us, it's better to keep the current home that you're in. Now, I'm not trying to discourage people from buying what they want to buy ever, ever, ever. But I have to give it to you straight. Sometimes it's better for you to just retain what you've got, fix the things that you know that need to be fixed in the house until you're really ready to make a major transition. And the major transition, a lot of times for people who own homes and are old enough to say, okay, now I got to make a decision on what lifestyle do I want to live? Do I want to continue to live in a house where I have to keep up the maintenance or do I want to go into a townhome where typically the maintenance maintenance on the outside exterior is taken care of by the homeowners association versus me having to mow grass or if the siding warps, changing out siding, I don't want to deal with that anymore. I just deal with what's inside my home and that's it. Well, you definitely have options for that. If people, there are some people who don't want to live in a communi- community that has kids. So there are 55 plus communities all over, but you got to figure out what, what it is your strategy is going to be as you age, um, because everybody's circumstances are different. Some people are set up better financially than other people. So you got to figure that out and see what's the best for you. Now, let's talk about those that got a entry level home or a starter home. And now either the family is looking to expand or you're looking to elevate your plot in life and you're making more money now. So you want to get out of that 1200 square foot home and you want to go live in a house that is at least 3000 square feet. Well, that's a great, great thing because there are a lot of starter homes now that are in heavy demand. As you can imagine, as people downsize, as people try to get starter homes, that's where a lot of the competition is. So you got some people who might be 25 years old. They just want to get a starter house because they don't want too much maintenance of a home. But then you got people, baby boomers who are downsizing in our area and wanting a smaller home because they don't want much to manage. So you got competition all the way for your house. If your house is a starter home, so that's good news for you. So you might be able to sell it to the highest bidder because there's just people paying above what your value is for your home, just to get your home, by the way. So now you have, you bought this house for 125,000. Somebody's willing to give you 225 for it. You've only, you've been in the house maybe eight years and now you got $100,000 in addition to the equity that you've built into it. So you might have 150, $160,000. What are you to do? Well, here's where I go again, depending on where you want to buy, depending on how much you want to buy, brand new construction is probably where I would go first. Again, it gives you a lot more options. You can be the first one kind of maintaining the house. And so you, you know, you get the opportunity to start from scratch. And the other thing is, is that there's still a lot of competition for bidding wars in the three to 400 
uh, $450,000 price range uh, of home because so many people are moving here to Charlotte. So these are some of the things that you need to consider and more. I've got so much more that I'm going to share on the next, not the very next podcast, but probably the one after that in regards to how do you get the best chance of getting the home that you really want. Now that the market is really a seller's market, what's the best chance of you getting the house that you really want? And for people who are looking to sell, is it the right time to sell for you? We're going to talk about that because, you know, clearly if your house is, you're able to get $100,000 more for your house than you did when you bought it eight years ago. Well, guess what? Another person that owns a home that you like is able to do the same thing. So is it worth it? Is it really worth it? Next time from your boy Lemuel A. Houston on that podcast known as Nosy Baby. Peace out with those real estate tips.